content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. Hey, guys. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Hello. All Hi, right. You, you ready to broadcast live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk? <laughs> I am. I'll just silly. Dallas. You what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's great to be here. How's everybody doing? I am good. You what good? you got against California? Yeah, no, what's I up with just, that? It was, no, I was what are you trying joking. to do? I love California. Uh-huh. I do, too. I, That's the place you want to be. <laughs> so you load I up your truck go. and you move to Beverly Hills, that is. <laughs> yes, I want oh to go gosh. to Palm Springs. You want to go to what? Palm, Palm Springs? Springs? Yeah. Uh, I've been in Palm Springs before. I uh, my One of my former father-in-law... Uh, father-in-laws used to live there Uh, he and my former mother-in-law and and here's okay I'll tell you a funny story and you know what I want to bring Vaughn in though right away because he's on for the whole hour today and I would love to hear his laugh Vaughn Eaglin are you I should say doctor 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 give me the news dr. Vaughn Eaglin are you there (laughs) (laughs) can you hear me okay (laughs) oh my god Jerry you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) let's sing it let's do it This insanity is for you. It's one of the songs I That, his second line, what is he saying? I feel like a net. That can't be the line. Okay, Vaughn, let's hear it. crazy today here on One Life Radio. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day, like some of those lines or lyrics, like like you've been singing it wrong all your life and you just have no idea what they're saying. He said, I thought it's, it sounds like he says, I feel like a net. Like that can't be it. I feel like a net? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, didn't it? I feel a hot like summer a night. I uh, yeah. fell like a net. Yeah. I yeah. fell? Yeah, fell like a net. What does that mean? Have you ever thrown a net onto someone? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I have, Jerry. Oh, you know, it's not like I, I carry around a net on a hot summer night and just decide to throw. And what do you do once you throw them? Have em? you? So you throw a net on them and what? <laughs> then you like, what, rape them or something? I mean, what do you do with them? Boy, that got dark fast. I'm going over <laughs> here to the corner now. Vaughn, Vaughn is, that, is that, should we be worried? I think. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on that one. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that was crazy. <laughs> but I love that, the spontaneity uh, of being on radio. And, of course, we are live uh, here from Dallas, Texas, uh, as well as KMET. We're not live in, in, in Southern California. Where we, we Just to be complete transparency. I mean, we are a live. 
We are A-Live, yeah. But we, we record in Dallas, then we send the show on to uh, California on ABC News Talk, KMET. So, uh, yeah, but so you get it like an hour later. But it's always great to be here. It is. And uh, for those of you that maybe are listening for the first time and have not had the pleasure of Dr. Von Eaglen, I will read his bio and we'll get started on this crazy topic that we picked today, the Valentine's Day Massacre, the Aftermath. Right. <laughs> after, <laughs> after Valentine's Day. Well, uh, so, the aftermath of the Valentine's Day massacre? <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of dead gangsters. <laughs> Gosh, well, um, Model no, T just, Fords with holes in them. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I guess we maybe we should have written it differently. <laughs> wow, yeah. So. You get the gist of what we're talking about, though, right? From that, like the after Valentine's Day, you know, the aftermath of the good, the bad, the evil, and the ugly. <laughs> Hello. Oh, me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Marie, or Vaughn, whoever whoever has a thought that they'd like to express. Sorry, I'm trying not to fill up the airways with just my voice. You know, that's okay. I understand. Yeah, I, I, I I'm trying I like to be it. a good, you know, uh, yeah. radio Talk person on. and Talk you know, on, Mike sh- Hogg. Share, no. share. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you always know you're not a Mike Hogg. First of all, I have been on the air with people that are Mike Hogs, and sometimes I feel like a Mike Hogg because I'm the host of the show. But that's my job is to run things, right? I'm like the quarterback, like that's Tom right. Brady, you can't be a dropping Mike Hogg. bombs all over the field. <laughs> <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes over here in the Super Bowl. Good job. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! What a Super Bowl! Don't get me started, Vaughn. I'm a little. I'm a little. Um, I'm still a little upset about how uh, how anticlimactic it was, um, yeah. and how yeah. it ended. So, and I didn't have a. I didn't have a dog in the hunt. I didn't care which team won. I was just enjoying the Super Bowl, like I think many many people were. But uh, I did not like how it ended. I thought it was a lame call, calling holding, even though I guess technically it was holding. Okay. But, you know, like I said yesterday with Chris Gronkowski, you know, they're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, you can breathe on somebody and it's holding. And then other times you can, or pass interference. I know they're two different calls, but, you know, you'll you'll see a pass interference call where the guy gets mugged and they don't call it. You know? (laughs) See, I wonder what everybody would be saying if they had not called it. I wonder if it'd be the same. Oh, it would be the anger, same. You're going to have people the other way around. itchy bang on each side, right? About you know, you didn't make this call, you made that call, but but uh, what's his name? Goodell? Uh, is it Roger Goodell? Roger. You know, he was. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have been complaining about the just the terrible officiating, and it's a tough job. You know, at one time I wanted to be the first female uh, NFL officiator. Did you know that about me, anyone? That does not surprise me at all. I didn't know that was your aspirations in life. <laughs> well, I, you know, you can only you can only get if you really want to, you know, do something well. You have to kind of focus, and so I couldn't, but uh. I could have. I could have been. I could have been. I sh- I could have been Michelle Tafoya, really on the sidelines. I knew the game so well at one point, and and Marie doesn't even know who that is. No, but I <laughs> no. All I could think of is I just could not go on national TV in that outfit. In what outfit? <laughs> the, the referee outfit. The black and white. Well, with I those would pants. modify it. Oh. <laughs> it would have to I be. I just cannot wear burn. stripes. You don't understand I, I the no, stripes. I wear stripes. <laughs> well, so I would have a cute little black skirt with that. But they're like, they're they're vertical stripes. They're thinning. <laughs> they're thinning. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, I guess you know, I guess you know. Oh God, there's so many, uh, so many uh, branches I could go off in right now. But I'm trying to remain focused and do my job as the host. But uh, I was about to introduce Dr. Von Eaglin. Let me do that, and then we can we can uh, participate in more tomfoolery throughout the hour. But Dr. Von Eaglin is a licensed professional counselor, supervisor at the Preston Place Counseling in Dallas, Texas, and serves on the mental health consultant team for the Dallas Mavericks. Which that that's so impressive to me, Von. I have to say. But uh, he sees a wide range, including couples, individuals, and families. His specialties include men's anger uh, or men's issues, anger management, athletes, adolescents, young adults, abuse, depression, anxiety, and multicultural clients, just to name a few. As a college professor, he most recently taught child psycho uh, psychopathology as an adjunct of a faculty member at SMU University, that's Southern Methodist University. Dr. Eaglin's research focuses on developing a new approach to couple relationships dynamics. You can find him at vontalkstherapy.com or follow him on Instagram at Dr. Von Talks. I like that you added that doctor. So nice. <laughs> so I have a question. So, so Von, do the Mavericks have therapists on staff for all the players? So, so yeah, so I'm on a mental health team and there's a staff, well, we have a team of therapists that not only serve players, but also staff and faculty, even uh, staff members' families as well. So uh, we serve a variety. So the whole Dallas Mavericks organization, um, including the players. Yes. Um, So yeah, players, players, wives, different things of that nature, um, even children. I mean, so, so we're there for the players as well as the organization as well. I'm sure the family needs it. Oh yeah. Well, Oh, yeah. do they expect them to go? Or are they required to go, or is it just a? Uh, well, um, well, well. I tell you what, we we advertise, and um, it it really depends, you know. So yeah. every now and then, somebody may be encouraged to come. You know, I will say that uh, depending on and if there's a staff difficulty or if there's a you know something with a colleague yeah. uh, or if a player, you know, I mean, sometimes they can get encouraged to go. But um, we are a resource for them, and we do get referrals all the time from um, people in the organization. And uh, yeah, and, and we, we're here to serve. Cool. Yeah. I, um, you know, I often think of Steph Curry, <clears throat> not that I personally know him, but he was one of the guys that uh, was all into vi- visualization of the three shot, you know, in the float tank. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he was he was excuse me. I'm going to lose my voice. Hold on a second. Uh, Jerry, take over. Take the reins uh, <laughs> while she excavates a little uh, phlegm there. Oh, yeah. So has there ever been a situation where one of the players have been? For lack of a better term, like fifty-one fifty, is there a situation where it's like something's happened to them and Post-off? they're told that they have to go in <laughs> and retrieve well, and get some therapy? <laughs> well, I can't get into the details yeah. about some. Uh, well, not individuals. And, and what no, is their but, name? <laughs> but but you know, there, I'll just say it like that: there are times where people, I'll say people, kind of general term, uh, have been strongly encouraged. You know, so um, so yeah, I can say that. All right, I'm back, and we're going to go to break, and I'm going to go grab a bottle of water. I forgot it before I came up to the studio. Uh-oh. Well, uh, more coming up. Stay tuned. Dr. Von Eaglin, we're going to be talking about the Valentine's Day aftermath. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. <laughs> In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. 
Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. All right. <laughs> Everyone, welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Von Eaglin. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California what? on ABC News Talk. Did you say something? Oh, I'm sorry. They're making a bunch of noise in the studio next oh. door. Hang on a second. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> Attention. We are trying to do a live radio show. Knock it off. <laughs> I love it. Is that Ben and Skin next door? Yes. Right? What are they doing over there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a window, but there's a lot of thumping and a lot of, uh, oh lot of noise going on over there. Huh. I wonder what they're up to. We used to have so much fun in that studio. Oh, my gosh. Back in the day. You know, but uh, but now you're back in night. You're in uh, the old Russ Martin studio, which is crazy. You went, you switched studio. They switched everything around, but uh, change is good, right? I mean, yeah, uh, it yeah. was going to be a change for me to be in the KFXR studio all the time, but now I'm back in the studio. So for me, it's not really much of a change, yeah. except I'm running a different station. But there's a lot of yeah. memories in here for me. So oh yeah, uh, that's, that's what I'm. That's well, that's kind of where I was going. You have so many memories. Oh my gosh, you guys used to participate participate, I should say, <laughs> in so much tomfoolery because I used to hear you on the other side of the wall <laughs> when we were in the other <laughs> studio. But Guilty. I didn't have one, I didn't have one of those uh, megaphones like you've got <laughs> to tell everybody to knock it off but uh it's <laughs> it's good to be here it is uh we love doing the show we've got dr von eaglin with us today okay so you know von how does valentine's day correlate with our conception of love so um from my standpoint valentine's day really is about this cultural pressure that most people experience mm. whenever valentine's day rolls around so here's a stat for you that um that uh, I think this is from 2022, and this is from uh, Plenty of Fish, if I'm not mistaken, that the U.S. spent two, about almost $24 billion on Valentine's Day gifts. And, of, of course, that includes candy and greeting cards and flowers and, I mean, everything from delivery services, so on and so forth. But it really affects our perception of what love should be. And so because of that and this cultural pressure, that means that, you know, people are, in, you know, encouraged to make these grand gestures of love. Love, of how mm-hmm. much I care about you and how much, you know, you, you, you matter to me and things of that nature. But that's not always the case because Valentine's Day is not a happy day for some, I mean, for, for many couples, actually. And so, um, so really the cultural pressure is the thing that really affects people around Valentine's Day. 
Yeah. No, it's very interesting. And, of course, we're doing this show after Valentine's Day to talk about the aftermath of Valentine's Day. And so, you know, so so many people build up a Valentine's Day, uh, the, the, the actual day, so much. And just to be so disappointed later on when, a, when their significant other doesn't live up to our expectations. So, uh, Vaughn, how can, I should say, Dr. Vaughn, Dr. Vaughn, how can this lead to resentment that lasts for days, months, or even years in some cases? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really good uh, question right there, because, you know, anytime you have resent, let me just say resent for a moment. Let's talk about resent for a moment. So anytime you have resent, it usually means that there's something that you have not addressed or you have not been assertive about, um, because, in other words, you probably wouldn't have that resent had you actually addressed the issue. Now, resentment typically builds up when you haven't addressed the issue, you haven't brought it to the table, and the person may not even um, understand that you have a need. So it's really important that you address that. Now, when we talk specifically about Valentine's Day, there are many unhelpful thinking patterns that use that, that people usually have in their mind when it comes to Valentine's Day. So if we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy for a moment, um, there are cognitive biases, biases uh, which means that you typically view things through a certain lens. So let me give you an example. Um, if I have this idea, and this is a cognitive distortion, of catastrophizing, which means that you make a mountain out of a mohill. That means when Valentine's Day comes around, I'm going to think, oh, my gosh, if this doesn't happen, this is the worst thing. No one ever cares about me. Is it, well, that's not the case. You just talked to some of your loved one yesterday, but you're thinking, oh, people don't care about me, and I'm not admired, and people don't have affection for me, so on and so forth. You're catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. This is actually very mm-hmm. manageable. Um, another way that people can have this thinking, thinking pattern is black and white thinking. So, you know, either I'm good or I'm bad. For instance, I am worthy of someone choosing me to be their valentine, and I am not, or something's wrong with me if, if someone doesn't choose me. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, life is in gray. And so we can't think in these black and white, um, you know, terms. Uh-huh. Um, another thinking thing and pattern could be this idea of fairness. You know, usually people, some people have a rigid view, and they have an idea of what fair is. It's fair that, um, that people, you know, do this or they do that. However, fairness is a fallacy. You know, in other words, it's an untruth. Mm-hmm. Um, you've probably heard me say this before. Um, I think you know what I think is fair. And you probably think I know what you think is fair, but that's not the case. There's no universal judge out there uh, whenever we're looking at this. And when Valentine's Day rolls around, the thing that really hurts a lot of people is this idea of comparison. Because comparison is on steroids during Valentine's Day because not only am I taking pictures, I'm posting them online and then showing everyone, oh, I love this person. My relationship could be in total turmoil. We had a fight at dinner and everything. However, mm-hmm. that picture online says that we're a successful couple. And then what do I do? I look at that picture. I'm like, mm, I'm not there yet. I just had a fight with my spouse and hmm, they look like they're happy. So I feel kind of crappy about myself. So yeah. oftentimes that usually you know comes up when we're talking about Valentine's Day and that kind of stuff can lead to resentment. Yeah, and so many people do pay attention to social media, um, and it's it's really not healthy for you. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, social media is definitely, um, you know, most people know this, that you only get the highlight reels whenever you look at social media. Right. And so, so, so in other words, it is a skewed perspective of reality. But when people are looking at that, they don't really say, hmm, this is probably fake. They think, oh, they're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they have something that I don't. Oh, you know what? I'm envious of this because they're enjoying this or they're, they're at this place or this restaurant or I'm taking a picture of my food or I'm on this vacation and this person celebrated me and they're in Greece or whatever the case is. And we'll start comparing ourselves to what we're looking at. And oftentimes, we, in our minds, we don't measure up. And Humans because are, that, are, sorry, go ahead. 
And so, and oftentimes, you know, we don't measure up, so that can uh, create feelings of inadequacy, low self-worth, feelings of inferiority, like I'm not good enough. That's mm-hmm. usually when I see that goes on with clients and people that uh, I see that come into my office. Humans yeah. are so susceptible to that, though, you know? That's kind of the same thing when you're looking at, uh, like, advertising with all these beautiful people in it, and it's like, you know that not everybody looks like that, that that's a very mm-hmm. small percentage of people that have won the genetic lottery, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But yet you'll still compare yourself because it's like I would never look that good in that when, you know, obviously you'd look perfectly fine in whatever it is, you know. Yeah. 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 And, to, and to your point, I think it's even worse than that, because not only do these, do these people have, you know, quote unquote, perfect genetics, but they're also airbrushed or, it's, it's, you know, I mean, right. you can get on Adobe or some of these programs. I mean, even your phone has apps where you can change filters and, and just make something look the way you want it to. So, so in other words, our society is excellent. We're excellent at curating images, images of what we think you should look like. So I'll give you an example. Like in the book Man's Guide to Women, it talks about by, by the time a woman is 60 years old, she has received, I believe, 60 million messages about how she should look or how her weight should be or how her face should look or what, you know what I mean? So 60 million messages. Um, and again, that is a, that's a lot to inundate somebody on what they should look like. And so obviously when people get that many messages, even if it's false, you know, if you repeat any myth or lie long enough and loud enough, oftentimes people will start to believe, oh, this is true. This is how things should mm-hmm. be. Um, and so they have difficulty being happy with themselves as a result of that. Yeah. It even trickles down. I know you're going to go, what is she, what is she thinking about this? But it even goes down to what kind of, seriously, uh, I've seen this before where people will choose a dog based on, you know, what it looks like, right? Or is it purebred or is it young? And it, it trickles down. It trickles down. Or what down. their friends have. Or Whatever what their friends have. Yeah. Trendy. Dogs, like, it's ridiculous. Trending animals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and pe- people are so easily influenced. I mean, anytime there's an animal uh, breed that's featured in like a Disney film, okay, so 101 Dalmatians, you know, there was a huge rise. And then there was another dog. Or the or, little chihuahuas or with the, Paris yeah. Hilton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when people, they want what other people have, right? Is, is that normal? Or is that just comes from insecurity and a lack of, uh, you know, higher level thinking? Envy. Or envy. Oh, one of the original... Sins or deadly seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah, envy and jealousy. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, you know this idea of comparison is something that's I believe uh, what I believe is is innate in us. What that means is that um, because you can't get away from comparison in society, that's something that you're always going to do. I mean, uh, we joked about this when we were talking about men and stuff like this. Like, if you're walking to a gym, the first thing you do as guys, you know, subconsciously we size every guy up. Like, oh, I can take that guy, I can take that guy. He's going to give, give me some trouble. Oh man, look how much that guy's benching. I'm not there yet. Or man, I can. Man, this guy looks like a pipsqueak. So we start measuring ourselves even when we step into the gym <laughs> on who's the most masculine guy and can mm-hmm. I beat this person up if something goes down. Um, or if you step on the basketball court, you may say, oh, this guy has skills, this guy's really big, this guy's this, and we're always comparing ourselves. So comparison is a normal part of the process. However, because of social media, it's on steroids, and our brains have not developed at the same rate of technology. So our brains are primitive. However, we're interacting with something that our brains really can't, aren't really prepared for. And mm-hmm. so you receive all these hits of dopamine whenever somebody likes the certain picture. So what do you do? I may want to post another picture so more people like it. And then I like to say it like this. A lot of people will outsource 
their self-esteem based on these social media apps or they slice mm-hmm. in their self-esteem from other people or certain you know likes or so on and so forth because they don't feel as good about themselves now yeah. that comparison piece definitely is is just it just it just runs rampant social media again takes it on steroids and then when we talk about valentine's day that exacerbates the issue of course mm-hmm. and men do it with cars too <laughs> Don't you think? Oh boy. We do with everything. We do with everything. We do it with locker rooms, well, we do naked. We do, it, we do it with cars. We do it with money. We do see, everything. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. And women do it with purses. I, I swear. Yeah. But, Vaughn, you brought that up because I've been thinking this when we were talking. Uh-oh. Like, do you think that boys taking the showers together all through school and high school is healthy? Because isn't that a comparison? Aren't you starting to compare? Mm. Then, like comparing your brains. Why don't and they don't have <laughs> girls to do that? Why is it okay for guys but not girls? And I just think that that would be a just a insecurity waiting to happen. I don't yeah. know. My my experience, my experience with boys is like you know we we compare penis sizes and women compare the breast size just as much. You know, but like we all don't shower together. together. In the uh, you, you think women compare their breast sizes? You know, is well, that what you... my experience when I talk to women a lot, especially when they're developing and they're getting their self-identity, because oftentimes people will highlight their best feature. You know, I could see, let's yeah. say it was a woman who's very, uh, like, slender, but she has huge, you know, knockers on her. You know, she's probably going to wear something tight <laughs> and short cleavage. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. a woman who has really nice knockers. Hips, probably going to wear something and, like, sway back and forth. I adore Versus this man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But again, people people then advertise usually their best feature on what they think is going to catch whoever they're trying to catch. You know, yeah. if it's a guy, he may flaunt money. If it's a you know, if it's a guy that works out a lot, he may you know wear a tight shirt to you know show his shoulders and his chest. Yep. You know, um, but again, people tend to flaunt their best one. Now, Marie, getting to your question, um, again, the comparison thing does run deep. And whenever you look at, and this is a, uh, I think this is a, a layered issue because when you look at porn. That changes the way guys look at sex and what they think is normal. Mm-hmm, when you look at, mm-hmm. I think about seventy percent of men believe that they are undersized. However, you know statistically that's inaccurate because there's a bell curve. Most people fall in, in somewhere in the middle. Um, so, but by looking at porn again, that changes your perception on what you think is normal. Mm-hmm. Therefore, again, you may see yourself as undersized when you are in fact very normal um, for most guys. So, yeah, and that's when we talk about penis size. So, yeah. I've always thought it was unfair that, you know, you could size up the size of a woman's a woman's breast like very quickly, depending mm-hmm. upon what they're wearing. Right. I mean, no matter what it is. Right. But you can't <laughs> no, no, do that with men. You know, I, yeah, I'm so, just yeah, saying. Yeah. Right. You can't. Yeah. I, I mean, you I, can. The hand you, rule is not always accurate either. You, you, you can well, tell when, they, when, they've got a, when they've got a <laughs> swagger <laughs> to them when they're not really worried about it. Right. So, so? Uh, you know, every guy's different. Every guy's different. You know, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've been in many locker rooms. I'm, I'm an athlete. I've seen guys who are, you know, five, five, and they look like they're a tripod. And I've seen guys who are six, six, and they're just like, hey, man, like, uh, you got the short end of the stick over here. You know, that, so, that's a, you know uh, literally and figuratively. So, um, <laughs> but there's there's no correlation, really, when you look at the research, there's no correlation between yeah. the foot size, the hand size, the nose size, yeah, anything like yeah. that in terms of, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Size. So, I love today. I think, well, <laughs> I beg to differ. Yeah. I think it works. I think it's pretty accurate. What is? I'm, I'm hand, dying to like hear what Marie has hands, to say. Like their hands. Uh, like if they're short and stubby no, fingers usually. No, it's no, like, no, I, no, no, no. I'm here no, to tell you, no. You're basing it on your experience that you've had. Let's say, and again, I don't know your yeah. sexual history or how many guys you've been with. But Just share it all with us, Marie. Because, you know, let's say, if, if you've been with, Let's say you've been with, let's say somebody has been with three person. Well, you have a three person data point. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. versus, you know, somebody who's done the research and, you know, hey, I have surveyed 2,000 guys and or 2,000 <laughs> women, mm-hmm. and this is what we found, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a little bit more accurate because you, you've had a yeah. few more data points there. So Well, and they, they say it about different cultures, too. You know, they uh, yeah. uh, they do. Like, they'll, I'm not, not going to go not into that, it not. because I don't want to yeah. offend anyone, but, no, no, you know. No, no, this is research. No, you're not offending anybody. So okay. uh, on average, on average, Asian men are a little shorter. On average, African-American men are a little bit longer. But, again, this is all anthropology because just mm-hmm. like uh, just like African-Americans have melanin in their skin and their hair curls their, to, to, to the scalp, mm-hmm. that's a protection from the sun, and that's just from a cultural standpoint from where, you know, from their culture. And mm-hmm. white people might migrate to north. They need less vitamin D, less melanin. Their hair became long and shaggy. Their nose became more narrow to allow air to warm before it entered their lungs. Just like Eskimos are short and squatty to keep, uh, you know, keep warmth. Again, there's some anthropological evidence here. So there is a tendency whenever you look at all the, all the research. However, on average, you know, black men usually a little bit bigger. But, again, that's not always the case. Cause I've seen some brothers, I'm like, man, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be you. And then I've seen, uh, and I've seen, you know, I mean, and then I've seen some other guys that are like, you know, it could be, a, it could be, you know, a white guy, or I've seen some Asian guys or Indian guys. I'm like, man, that brother's hanging. Okay, all right, man. So there he goes. So oh. you know, all right, we got very uh, raw on this show. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's so, getting yeah. out of their cars. I can tell you that. that all right. Damn sure. <laughs> I have more questions. We're going to go to break, and uh, we'll be back with this party that we started here at One Life Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well, and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Marie and Dr. Von Eaglin. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We're talking about the Valentine's Day massacre. Massacre, the we aftermath. We are talking about all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> well, This car you is know. veering all over the roadway. Uh, I know, but it's fun. I'm having a great time, and I hope everybody out there listening is enjoying it as well. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Vaughn, I, <laughs> I know you are. Oh, my gosh. Well, Dr. Vaughn, for those of you just now joining us, is a licensed professional counselor, supervisor at Preston Place Counseling here in Dallas, Texas, and serves on the mental health consultant team for the Dallas Mavericks. He sees a wide range of couples, uh, individuals, and families. He specializes uh, in men's anger management issues, uh, all men's issues. 
issues, athletes, adolescents, young adults, abuse, depression, anxiety, and multicultural clients, just to name a few. As a college professor, he most recently taught child uh, psychopathology as an adjunct uh, faculty member at Southern Methodist University here in Dallas. Uh, Dr. Eaglin's research focuses on developing a new approach to couple relationship dynamics. You can find Dr. Vaughn at VaughnTalksTherapy.com or follow him on Instagram at Dr. Vaughn Talks. All right, so we're talking about Valentine's Day and the aftermath. So, you know, how can couples communicate what they want from the other on Valentine's Day without having to spell it out? And don't you think that telling someone what to do takes the fun and the surprise out of the holidays? I hate people that do that to me. Tell me what they want for Christmas, you know, or tell me what they expect of me. It's like, you know, my brother, God bless his soul, but he used to be the emotion police. He used to try to always, you know, say, oh, you know, you should call mom and dad more often or whatever. And I would be like, mind your own business. You know, (laughs) you run your life and I'll run mine. But, you know, so I think it sucks the fun out of it. If someone tells you what they want, am I wrong? Well, to me, I think it depends on your relationship because I always believe that context matters. And so I've been married 18 years. My wife and I, you know, like, we like to tell each other what, I mean, she told me, I want this. I'm, okay, I got you. You know what I mean? And I told her, hey, I want this. My wife's a little bit better at gift giving. However, I want to get her what she wants, and we're okay with that. Now, when we talk about specifically about surprises, within couple relationships, I like to say you never give more than one surprise per month because uh-huh. if you do. Is that a rule? Big, right. Well, here's, <laughs> okay, Bernadette, let's, Writing let's say, that let's down. Say, let's, let's, say, let's say we're married. <laughs> Let's say we're married. Valentine's Day rolls. Actually, it's not. Just say it's a regular day. Tuesday, next Tuesday rolls around. I get you some flowers. You get some, you know, edible arrangements or some flowers or something like that. Then the next Tuesday rolls around. You get some flowers again. Then the next Tuesday rolls around. Now, the first time it was a surprise. Like, oh my God, she loves me so much. <laughs> Look at everybody. Yeah. But the second time I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. The third time I was like, oh, I guess every Tuesday I'm gonna get flowers. And then, mm. the next, and then at some point it probably becomes, becomes an expectation. Like, huh? Where my flowers at? You know, Tuesday. I didn't get that. So. What, what I'm saying is that when the surprise becomes habitual, then that takes the, the spark out of it. The spontaneity. So, um, yeah. Right, exactly. But, but, so, sh- you know, but should it be contrived, Vaughn, in the first place? I'm, I mean, if you feel something, just go with it, right? Doesn't, you don't have to keep track of it. I think that, yeah, that so, that's part of the problem with love and relationships is that we, I don't know. We, scorekeeping? You, but we're talking yeah. about this particular day. I think people oh, expect okay. to get candy gotcha. or flowers or expect gotcha. the person to think about them and get them something without having to say, what do you want for Valentine's Day? Because this is the one holiday that's like this, you know, show expressing your love. And so they should be able to do it by themselves. Well, I believe you should right. always give someone enough rope to hang themselves oh. and everything. <laughs> Vaughn, what did you Business, do relationships. Vaughn, what did you do this, this Valentine's Day? Yeah. So, Are you, so, uh, so my wife wanted a new iPad. So um, what I did was that we uh, went out to eat, you know, without the kid. And um, I had the iPad. I mean, I had several in the cart at Best Buy. And when we got to the table, I said, look, I'm not sure which one you want because I'm going to get. So what are you using it for? Because it's a, you know, I mean, iPad can be anywhere from 500 to 1000 or $1,100. So I'm like, okay, I don't know which one you want. Do you want the one with this or this and this? And so my wife was plenty happy with like, hey, this is the one I want. And so, but that's what we did. Not all relationships are like that because Valentine's Day, while it could spark some romance or some kind of ritual, oftentimes some people take it as like this obligatory, like I have to do this because people expect this of me. And so it can seem insincere. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, is really about, you know, the kind of love and affection you have between your partner because Valentine's Day will mean different to different people. For instance, let's say let's say I got divorced on Valentine's Day. Well, next time it rolls around, I'm going to be like, oh, I hate Valentine's Day. Valentine's. Everybody's, you know, every, it's almost like mm-hmm. I'm the Grinch or, or Scrooge or something like that. But it means different to different people. And if you have a solid relationship, oftentimes it can be an opportunity to go deeper but if there are a lot of cracks in the or chinks in the armor or cracks in the foundation, and then you're expected to do this obligatory huge gesture of love, um, and if you don't do it, something's wrong with you, then that's the kind of stuff that can, you know, create um, a little more chaos and conflict in the relationship. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. What do you say to those who get depressed on Valentine's Day because they're not in a relationship? Uh, you know what? So, you know, there are several different ways that you can handle Valentine's Day, um, you know, especially if you're single. Uh, if you have if you're depressed about something, number one, you need to admit that you're f- actually feeling that way. You know what? You, you have an idea that life should be going this way. And when it's not going that way, you're like, you know what? I'm sad about it. I'm disappointed. I feel powerless. I feel like, you know, it's OK to um, to acknowledge your feelings. All feelings are acceptable. All behaviors are not. So it's not okay to go, you know, to act out when you're upset mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a really negative way. However, all your feelings are acceptable, and you need to, you know, accept the fact that, you know what, I am depressed. So don't suppress that piece of it. It's, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm frustrated, you know, mm-hmm. and to sort out that, you know, I have a negative emotion when it comes to Valentine's Day. Um, another thing that you could do um, is that um, connect with friends, especially if you're lonely. You want to find people that you can connect with who do care about you, who do say, you know, I love you, even without – us actually saying it, their actions show that they love you, and you don't have to, you know, be with someone because of, you know, Valentine's Day is over commercialized and with all yeah. the obligations and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, go ahead. no, go ahead if you're depressed. I, I well, say treat. Thinking... No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> No, I was just going to say singles, you know, like if you're single, you, there are a lot of single events on Valentine's Day as well. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. There are some things that, that can get you out of depression, uh, but you want to try to be a little bit more creative and find a few things that you can yeah. do during Valentine's, um, especially if you're depressed around that holiday. Yeah. I think you should think of it like football. So uh, like the like the Super Bowl, it was tied with two minutes left in the game, 35-35, and new game, right? So, you know, so what? You're, you're, you started a new game. <laughs> Yeah, and also, I mean, is that... Is that crazy? (laughs) Well, it's like, is that a sign that you're kind of superficial? Or I guess, like, I guess you should be more secure with yourself or something, yeah. I guess? Yeah, life is a a journey, right? I mean, something could change on a dime, and it does often, whether it be your personal life or business. Things can change quickly, and, you know, you can't get caught up in, at least this is what I tell myself, you can't get caught up in the past, and you can't look into the future. You you live your life truly in the present moment, and that's how you're the most happy anyway. What do you think about that, Vaughn? Uh, I agree with you. Um, I like the, what was it on? It was a Kung Fu Panda, that old turtle said. Uh, what was it? Um, the past is history. Um, yeah. The future is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. And yeah. so, um, but, you know, I think there is something to that. Oftentimes when people come in and they're, uh, if, I, if I have a client that comes into my office and they're depressed, it's usually about something that they feel is going on uh, in their life right now or something dealing with the past. And anxiety usually is related to something going on in the future because there's a fear that something is going to happen not the way they want it to. So there's a little bit of control um, when we talk about anxiety, but being mindful, learning how to be mindful Mm -hmm. is not something that people are taught to do. That's not, you know, for instance, oftentimes I'll hear a parent tell tell their child, hey, you know what, you need to focus. However, have you ever taught the child how to focus? Ah, there's the rub. 
You know what I mean? So, I mean, have you ever taught them to sit with their feelings? Have you ever taught them to actually, like, listen to themselves? Have you ever taught them to actually, like, be introspective? Have you ever taught them that, you know, focus is a muscle, you know, learning how to, you know, use it a little bit and, you know, take a break? And, again, you need to learn how to build that muscle because deep um, focus takes time to be able to do. Um, I learned that when I was working on my dissertation. I'm like, you know what? I'm not good at focusing. Even though I went through, you know, a master's program and everything, but focusing for long hours, hours on end, that's not something I was very used to. So learning how to be mindful in the moment oftentimes will make you happier because, I mean, think about it. The last time you were walking through uh, something beautiful and you didn't even notice what was going on around you because your mind was somewhere else. Um, You know, I was thinking about a relationship, even though, it was a beautiful flower right sitting there right there in front of you. Um, so uh, being mindful, I think, is one of the keys to happiness um, yeah. in addition to a few other things. But, yeah. And the famous saying, better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And sometimes a referee's going to make a terrible call. <laughs> oh, for the love of – just let it go, Vern. Well, I know. See, that's, so, that's back to the question. What do you do if you're resentful? Because you yeah. didn't get that Valentine present you wanted. Like, what do you uh, say? Do you do you just let it go or try yeah. to? What do you mean, do? How do you like? Do you, you let it go? Well, let it go. Wait yeah, till well, next well, year. Let it go, man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think context matters because if you if there was an expectation that you get something and it didn't happen, I need to reexamine. I need to understand the context of the relationship. For instance, let's say I give a Valentine's Day gift with the intent that. Um, like I'm becoming an emotional accountant. I'm going to give you this, therefore, let's say I'm a guy. I gave you a gift, so you're going to give me some sex tonight? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's something attached to the gift. So it really matters about what's going on in the relationship. Is the gift manipulative? Is there an expectation? Um, is the expectation too high? Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of different dynamics that go on because Valentine's mm-hmm. Day means different to different couples. However, the status of your relationship, oftentimes Valentine's Day will be a manifestation of what's going on in the relationship. Yeah. If I really love my wife and I'm really vested in, 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 the, in them, um, then I may do more because, you know, I, I have a positive perspective. I have a positive habit of mind. In other words, when I think about my wife, I think, man, I'm so lucky to be with you. Mm-hmm. And does, she do, oh, does she do something for you on Valentine's? We're oh, going to yeah, save yeah, that. Yeah, We're going to break. Oh, we got to okay. go to break. <laughs> <All right>. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay. Everyone, <laughs> we're coming up with Dr. Von Eaglen. You are listening to One Life Radio. Tap those breaks. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. 
More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Bon Eaglin. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Okay, so right before the break, Marie, you asked the question. Go ahead and ask it again. <laughs> I asked Vaughn if, uh, his, what his wife did for him on Valentine's. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so like I said, my wife is very sweet, and she is a gift giver, and so that's one of her love languages. So she's really good at noticing what you like and then kind of uh, making a mental note of that and then surprising you with it on the day of or some other special day. Um, I think guys need to be you know, a little bit better at doing that kind of thing, but my wife, she got me, some, uh, she got me a, uh, a bracelet. It was a gold bracelet, and it had our wedding date on it, but oh. it was in Roman numerals. So it was uh, oh, nice. you know, 6-19-2004 in Roman numerals. And she got me a few other gifts as well. I uh, can't talk about all the gifts. However... <laughs> okay, there we go. That's the main, so <laughs> that's the main one that definitely uh, did it for me. I was like, yeah, this is not that the other gift didn't, but I'm just like, man, that is really sentimental, and uh, it's really about the effort that you put in the gift, oftentimes than the actual mm-hmm. dollar amount, but it's the sentimentality of it. So mm-hmm. that was very special to me. So. so I got a very special gift too. My did- Katie uh, painted a picture watercolor of this beautiful tropical scene with you know palm fronds hanging you know up close and the water in the background and on the back of it she wrote um uh every day with you is like paradise (laughs) corny but cute i love it oh my gosh totally made my day well now you just you know marie got nothing i got nothing i don't care (laughs) oh maybe you're not supposed to share those secrets now she told you that in confidence (laughs) <laughs> Did now you I get feel something? Inadequate over here, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what's going on? I'm comparing myself, <laughs> oh. and now yeah. this is just what we're talking about right here. But I, you know, I don't think that gift giving, uh, you know, represents anything. You know, I think that you speak with your you speak with your feet, kind of. You know, it's not a man can buy you a big gift and be cheating on you in the background. You know, so you know, it doesn't that really mean a- anything. I mean, right, Vaughn? Uh, well, that, is, that, is, that is a potential. Uh, it sounds like that guy, whoever did that, probably lacks a little integrity. But oftentimes, you know what I mean, when uh, gift giving as a love language is really you're paying attention to your partner, you're really tuned in, and uh-huh. you're noticing what matters to that person. Yeah. And so it's not the gift that matters, but it's like, now again, if I'm just getting you something because I have money, and again, it's the effort, it's the sentimentality in it. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I bought. I bought cars for all my women. I'm a billionaire. You know what yeah. I mean? Again, you yeah. know, again, but yeah, so the sentimentality, I would say, matters most. Yeah. But if you're cheating, yeah, we got some other issues going on. Yeah, and I did get Valentine wishes. I'm not, I didn't get nothing. I was just trying to be funny, you know, but, uh, <laughs> But, you know, I think that it doesn't matter. I think that um, reciprocity is not something that you should count on. If you love someone and you feel like telling them or, you know, I would be just, if not more, impressed with, uh, with my Valentine, you know, coming over and, you know, grabbing a hold of me and giving me a hot kiss, <laughs> you know, and saying I love you, like, in person instead of just, but you know. But they should do that every day. You think so? Yes. Well, sometimes life gets in the way, and so I can't say that I would do that myself. No, I mean, you know. What do you think? I'm, I'm kind of like a dude when it comes to that, though. I, um, you know, I'm busy. <laughs> I have a lot on my plate. And so, yeah, but I think that you should do it when you feel it. It shouldn't be something that is expected of someone every single day. That's a little much. What do you think about yeah. that, Dr. Vaughn? Well, the, 
the the idea of reciprocity typically breaks down in relationships because um, again, nothing is ever going to be quite fair. And I mean, there may, there may come a time when I'm taking care of my wife for you know, again, she was pregnant. I was taking care of her for nine months whenever she was pregnant. So you can't say things are going to be fair. So whenever you become an emotional accountant, I did this or so you do this, mm-hmm. then that's a red flag in a relationship. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. When I, yeah, when I got married. I did the cooking. I said, the, the, the day my wife didn't do those dishes, I was like, what's wrong with you, woman? What kind of woman are you? And I was really contemptuous. Uh-huh. That's not a good thing because, again, I do this, you do this. So quid pro quo usually breaks down in relationships. Yeah, no, I'll tell you guys a funny story. It just popped into my head. I hope he's not listening, but my first husband, <laughs> right after we got married, it just, we had company in town after the wedding. And um, and so for a couple nights, you know, um, because I used to serve him, <laughs> I would make the food and bring it to the table. I love that. I love to serve people. Um, and so anyway, about a couple of days later, he goes, what's up with this serve yourself? Because I was like, serve yourself. It's a serve yourself dinner. And I left it on the counter. And I think he thought, oh, now that we're married, it's a serve yourself <laughs> 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 kind of like you uh, Vaughn and your wife with I you've told many stories over the years but yeah it's funny it's just funny men you know men expect a lot men can be really big babies too so how do the majority of men really feel about Valentine's Day Vaughn uh, yeah well you know every guy's a little different some guys see it as an opportunity some guys see it as the sentimental uh, piece of it I want to care for my partner some guys see it as you know what um, some guys really don't care it's just another day to them you know just like ah, it's another day it's gonna cost me some money so um, again it just really depends on the guy um, but about 40% of them are disappointed when they don't get a gift on, on Valentine's Day. Aww, so, or women really? are. But around 30 to 40% sometimes of men use like, man, you know, something didn't happen for me. Oh, man. Damn it, Jim. There's the fo- the music. I, <laughs> I almost said there's the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I heard that F. I was diving for that tumbler. Oh, what's the matter for you? <laughs> I've never, I've never made that slip up on the air. We did have one person, though, do that <laughs> one time. It was pretty funny. Anyway, oh, my gosh. So great to have you with us, Dr. Vaughn. How much fun? How much fun was today, right? Always, always awesome. Always <laughs> enjoy you, man. Always yeah, enjoy you. Always. Yeah. We, we talked about doing a podcast after the broadcast. We totally need to get that done with Dr. Vaughn. All right, everyone. I got to wrap this up. Uh, and if you didn't get anything for Valentine's Day, just forget about it. Don't Burn. worry about it. You got tomorrow. Burn. We'll go get each other some half-price candy. Yeah. People that give are 14.1% <laughs> happier anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> According to Randall Bell, PhD. All right, everyone. You get one body. You get one mind. And you get one life. Give love no matter what.